All right, here we go. Never done this one before, new to me. First Peter chapter two, verse one through 17. First Peter chapter two, verse one through 17. In times such as these, there's a lot of people scared today. A lot of people are uncertain. A lot of people don't really know what's going on, nor do I, as far as the, the virus and all those things. Um, that are going on around us. I know what the Bible teaches about these last days that I believe we're in. Preacher's been saying that for 2,000 years. But I truly believe we're in the last days, probably in the last moments of the last days. I don't know. I'm not a doomsday preacher. But I do know this. The Bible says in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time is this. I know a lot of things are uncertain, but I want to share with you today a word of encouragement from the Word of God. And a lot of people have asked me this over the years. I've had people ask me questions along these lines several times, and I really didn't know what to say. Because, I mean, where do we rebel? Where People have asked me, where do we say enough is enough? And so, the Bible is 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 clear about how we to act under normal circumstances. And we'll we'll talk about that at the end of this message when it's okay to disobey civil authority. Just briefly, that's really another sermon, and maybe God will lead me to preach it sometime. I don't know what He'd have me to do there, but we'll talk about it briefly at the end of this message. This is really just a devotion this today that I want to share with you for, for the times such as we're living in right now. What should we do today? Because we're not promised tomorrow. So what should we do today while it's called today? Well, the Bible says in 1 Peter, actually the Bible says several places in the New Testament, tells us to obey civil authority. And I could sum up the devotion right there, but I want to break it down for us a little bit. I chose the teaching that Peter gave this morning, uh, today. Paul teaches in chapter 13 of Romans about obeying civil authority, and I'll refer to it uh, one time I know in this message. But the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, thereby. if indeed... You have tasted that the Lord is gracious. In other words, indeed, if you've been born again, here's where you're at. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. He just said we're part of that, that living stone. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a 
chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice the possession there. It's all his. You belong to him. Verse 10 says, who, were, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king is supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for, for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood. Fear God and honor the King. Let's pray together. Father, I love this this day, Lord. This is such a beautiful day. Thank you so much for all that you've given us. God, there's a lot of bad things. If we look around, God, there's a lot of bad. But God, there's so much good because you're good all the time. So, Lord, I pray you'll teach us from your word today that we may mirror your glory on planet Earth, that we may bring glory and honor to you with every breath we take, with every thought we think, with every word we speak. Ask it all in the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen. This today, as we look at the passage today, I just want to point out some several several things about civil authority. And should we obey civil authority? I guess you could put number one why we obey civil authorities. Why do we obey civil authority? Well, number one, our identity in the Savior. Number one, our identity in the Savior. In verse one through ten, the Bible teaches us clearly. We have an identity all over the New Testament. In Paul's writings, we have an identity in Christ. If we truly are born again, we are identified in him. And so, number one under that, I would tell you this. First of all, the reason we obey civil authority, number one, is we have a transformed heart. That's the start of all of it. We just began a, a, a series on doctrines church doctrine, biblical doctrines at Hurricane. And the very first part I'm preaching on is salvation, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of true conversion. And so I've interrupted that study for this today because of the times we find ourselves in. But number one, we have a transformed heart. That old beloved verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. Old things pass away, and behold, all things have become new. That old rebellious man, that old man that defied civil authority, that old man that was in defiance and rebellion against God, that man has passed away, according to the Scriptures. If you've really been born again, that man has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Romans, Romans 13.1 says this, he says in 13.1, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the, the authority that exists are appointed by God. So the very simplest things we can do, even as a brand new Christian, is obey the law. Obey civil authority. Because, number one, we have a transformed heart. 
And that's what he says here. He says, look, laying aside all malice. Anything that is against the, the civil law is against God because God has established civil law. He's established civil authority. So that's the, it doesn't matter if you got saved this morning. You could, that's something you don't have to have a lot of growth and grace and knowledge to understand. We just obey the law. One of the first things that God ever dealt with me about is, as a new Christian was trespassing. I, I, I did say that, guys. I'm an old turkey hunter. I can't do that. It's against the law. So we'll go on from that. We won't get bogged down there. But number two, not only do we have a transformed heart, we have a transformed directions. Uh, direction. Romans 8, 29 says this, there, those I foreknew, therefore I have also predestined that they be conformed to the image of my son. So let me tell you right now, when you are born again by the Spirit of God, you might as well mark it down. You can fight the Spirit if you choose to do so. I wouldn't recommend it because the Bible says, those I love, I chasten. Those that belong to me, I will scourge them if I have to. And John teaches that there is a sin that leads to death. Don't even pray for the guy. So you can buck the authority of God in your own life if you want to, but friend, he's made up his mind in eternity past that those he foreknew, those who are his elect, those who are born again, who've received Christ, they he has made up his mind to transform them into here and now. We call it sanctification, to transform them into the image of Christ. I can tell you right now, I promise you I am far from perfect, but I show sure ain't the guy I was 20 years ago. Thank God. God is changing me. He's changing my heart. He's changing everything about me. It's an inward change that happened in a moment of time that is working itself its, its way outward. And one of these days, it'll be ultimately completed when I put on immortality, when I put on the 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 new body, the new mind, the new the, the one created waiting for me in heaven. We have not only a transformed heart, we have a transformed direction. Therefore, we obey civil authority. But number three, in verse three, he tells us, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. He makes that statement there. Now we have a transformed reputation. First John 2, 6. If we claim to be saved, this, that's, that's a paraphrase. Let me just read it for you. If we claim as he who says he abides in him ought himself also so to walk just as he walked. If we claim to be saved, how dare we not obey civil authority? How dare we not be good citizens? How dare we not walk with God, walk as Jesus walked? When Jesus walked planet Earth, he was obedient to civil authority. He was he put it for crying out loud, he could have spoke a word, not even had to spoke it, he could have thought it, and fire would have consumed the civil authority because he is God. But he obeyed civil authority. We're no better I promise you we have no right to disobey civil authority because we have a transformed reputation. But fourthly in verse five and verse nine, we have a transformed purpose. In verse 5 and verse 9, also, he says, You also, as living stones, so pretty, as living stones are being built up in a spiritual house. Every one of there's no room for one of us to be disobedient. God uses all of you. You've heard Paul talk about the body of Christ. 
we're all being built up as living as living stones are being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up why to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Down in verse nine, he says, "For you are a chosen." generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Again, notice the possession, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have a transformed purpose. And look, that doesn't mean you sit down and you make you a list of dudes. Well, I can't drink beer. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't cuss. We shouldn't want to do any of those crazy things anymore. I used to do those things. I don't anymore. I have no desire to. But it's not about making a list of do's and don'ts. It's about Luke 9, 23. And Jesus himself, he looked at those disciples and he said, if a man wants to follow me, he's got to tell not to take up the cross of Calvary. You do that once and for all to be saved. The cross of Calvary comes into effect. But for every day after that, Luke 9, 23, you take up your cross. In other words, you die to yourself daily. A man must daily take up his cross and follow me. Part of taking up that cross is sometimes there's laws I don't agree with. I don't I don't I don't agree with many laws. I don't agree with with uh, anything that that hinders the Second Amendment to the Constitution, but I abide by them because it is the law. It's the civil law. It's the, the civil authorities made that law, and I have no choice if I'm going to be right with God to obey that law. I don't have a bunch of machine guns laying around that are illegal. I don't have a you know some rocket launcher. Those things are illegal. Therefore, I do not have any of them. Um, any of that kind of stuff. That's, the, that's a radical illustration of it. But you know what? I can't by, be right with God and disobey the speed limit all. You know? I mean, it's, it breaks down very simple. We must obey civil authority. We must obey civil law because we have a transformed purpose. And the way we do that, the way we fulfill that purpose is not by a list of do's and don'ts, but saying no to what we think, no to what we want to do, and yes to him. And that includes obeying civil law. Folks, that's just a snapshot I mean, we can spend weeks and weeks and years in, in, in the way I like to preach in series. Um, we could spend years in a series on what it means to be a Christian. But this is just a snapshot of and what it means to our identity means in Christ. But this is just a snapshot of it. Uh, transform heart, transform direction, transform reputation, transform purpose. Remember 1 John 2, 6. If a man says he is saved, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. That's, that's pretty simple. He obeyed civil authority. That's the, our identity with the Savior, but also we have our instruction from the Savior in these verses too. Well, if, you, if the people of Hurricane will, will recall the last message we had a little bit different service last week leading up to where we're at today, and we had a very special prayer time. Our 
our president had to call the churches and, and God's people to pray. And that's what we did at Hurricane Baptist Church. We read a few verses of Scripture, and we had a prayer service. It was a really good service, one of the best services I've been in a long time. But the week before, we talked about our inheritance in Christ. We are, we are to be in this world, but not of this world. Peter teaches here uh, and uses the word <clears throat> paroikos. It means living close, but as a temporary dwelling. This is not our home. This is not our inheritance. This old disease, virus, whatever you want to call it, this thing's going to pass or it's not. It's either going to pass or it's going to kill everybody. I don't know. I'm not worried about it because this is not my home. This is not my inheritance. My inheritance is Christ. My home is Christ, heaven. So, I mean, throw me in the briar patch. You know, my old pastor used to say, church I was saved in, Highland Baptist Church, Brother Dennis Sewell used to say all the time, there's no peace like knowing that if the ground falls from beneath your feet, you will simply fall into the hands of Jesus. That's where I'm at. I pray that's where you're at. We're to behave with integrity. Not only do we obey civil authority because of our our identity in Christ, but our instruction from Christ, number one, is to behave with integrity. And I come down to verse 11 here, and he says, Beloved, I beg you, sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. We're not to obey what we want to do or what we think. I mean, God gives us good sense. I was talking to a young couple via a message on Facebook recently. They just had a baby, and and the baby was sick. And I told the young lady, I said, look, I said, God gives young mothers good instincts. Follow those instincts God gave you. That's one thing. But just because we think we need 14 loaves of bread, and we think that we need 25 cases of water and 25 cases of toilet paper. We don't have the right to live like that. People are hurt. Old people need bread. Old people need water. Other people, period, need water, bread, toilet. All those things that we're seeing off the shelves was getting worse and worse. Why is this people living by their fleshly lust? Look at the young spring breakers. Man, I'm so glad my them two big old hands of mine, them big old boys of mine, didn't get caught on camera saying, I'd have beat them half to death. Well, this is my spring break. This is the only spring break I got. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, really? Well, friend, let me tell you something. A lost and dying world may have a right to act like that. But a born-again Christian has no right to behave like that. We are to behave. But hold, I beg you. Beloved, I beg you. As sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. We are to behave with integrity. And that old, that old integrity begins by obeying civil authority. We don't have the right to go and just buck and show out and throw a fit and act ugly. Sometimes we want, hey, I want to. Sometimes, I mean, you're not, I mean, you're not alone. There's things, I don't, I don't like a lot of things about taxes and such as that, but I'm not going to go burn the White House. I can't do that and be right with God. Because number two, the number two instruction, number one, behave with integrity. Our second instruction is to, in all situations, not just the comfortable situations, and not just when we're singing a special at Easter, 
and show everybody how good we can sing in the shower. But also in every situation, we are to glorify God in any and every situation. I didn't say I always do that. I haven't arrived, neither have you, but that's what we're instructed to do. I tell my congregation, I used to tell my, my buddy Joe David all the time, there's never a time to be anything less than filled with the Spirit. And this is why, because he instructs us in all situations to bring glory and honor to him. 1 Corinthians 6.20, I love what it says here. He says this, <clears throat> He says, for you were bought at a price. It's so important. I want to quote it out of the scripture. I don't want to paraphrase it. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do, whatever you well, Boy, we could go off on a tangent right here. We could go off on a rant right here. I won't. Whatever you do, Jerry Clyer said, if you can't get down on your knees and thank God for what it is I'm fixing to do, you best not do it. He said, you're fixing to mess up. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Friend, if you can't do that, you don't need to do it. You cannot disobey civil authority and act a fool and act ugly and to go against authority and just be blowed out and be right with God. You just can't do it. He says, Beloved, I beg you, don't do that. Behave with integrity, but bring glory and God to God in everything you do. Romans 12, this is another one right here. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, I beg you, brothers, by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Going to church and lifting your hand and turning the lights down low and just, oh, and ooh, just, you know, chill bumps. That's not worship, my friend. That's not worship. This is worship. Presenting your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And it ain't about not doing this and doing that. It's about Luke 9.23, death to self. That's your reasonable service, your spiritual act of worship. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Behave with integrity but bring glory to God in all that you do. Why? Why is this? Why does he say this? Well, this is one of those things that's uncomfortable for me to say. But if you read verse 12, he says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. I looked a lot of that up and parsed those words and looked at that and did all that preacher stuff to this person. You know what it means? It's not comfortable. It's not easy for me to say this. You know what this means? I'm not scared to because it's truth. One of these days, this lost and dying world is going to stand before God. And part of the evidence that he will have to use against them 
is the way they act. And it may just be that he used you to show them the right way and they refused it. And he's going to remind them of it one of these days. God, I, that scares me. That, that breaks my heart. To know, I, I've, I've talked to people, pleaded with them about Christ, and then cussed me out. And then not very long after that, they were gone from this world. And there's no doubt in my mind that he will remind them. Man, I, I don't like to talk about stuff like that, but it's true. I think about the times that I've blown it as a Christian. God led me to say something to somebody very close to me, and I, 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 I put it off. I put it off. Wound up dead. I got to stand before God, and I won't lose my salvation or anything of like that. But I will have to give an account for that man's soul if he wasn't saved by, before he left Earth. And I have no reason to believe he was. I don't know his heart, but I have no reason. To, there was nothing to indicate that he got saved. I'll have to give an account for that. That's deep stuff. Glorify God in what we do because everything really does matter. We are thirdly, one, behave with integrity, two, bring glory to God in all situations, but thirdly, we're to be an example to a lost and dying world. Friend, verse 13 through 15 teaches something so clear in the scriptures that's so lost today in this American Christianity and this Facebook Christianity culture. It's, lo it's all but lost. Friend, it's not about you. It's about him. It's not about you. It's not about your best life now. It's about him. Verse 13 says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Not to keep you from getting a ticket. Not to keep you out of trouble, which, which it does keep you from getting a ticket. You obey the law, you don't get in trouble. That is, that's part of it. But it's not for your sake, it's for his sake. Whether to the king and supreme or to governors or to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of those who do good, for this is the will of God. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free men, not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Paul said, I'm a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ, wrote two thirds of the New Testament and wrote most of it from a jail cell. Honor all people, love the king, excuse me, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. We're to be an example to a lost and dying world. That may be the only witness they get. It's not about you, it's about him. We can never, in, the, in closing it out, kind of, we can never be a stumbling block, verse 16 says, as free yet not using our liberty as a cloak for vice, causing people to stumble. People want to argue with me all the time what they can get away with as a Christian. Number one, if you're wondering what you can get away with as a Christian, I would go to 2 Corinthians 13.5. That's the first thing I'd do. And I'd be asking God, am I a Christian? 
because I don't sit around wondering what I can get away with. I hate sin. I didn't say I don't have it. I've got more, a lot more of it than I want, and I hate it. I don't want it. People want to argue about drinking. That's a big one around here. Look, I I know some children will be watching this. I, I hope that this don't make you stumble. There was a time. I know what it's like. I enjoyed a cold beer. I didn't say you're evil and wicked if you do, but we can't use liberty as a as a an, as a covering to make others stumble. Okay, so I can't take the scriptures and prove to you that drinking a beer is wrong. Okay, fine. But I can prove through the scriptures how when you obtain it and make somebody stumble is wrong because he says it right here. And if you can't do whatever it is you're doing and get out on your knees and worship the Lord and thank him for the opportunity to go and get that beer or what it can be anything, whatever it is, to go after that turkey that's on somebody else's land, whatever it is, if you can't get down on your knees and praise God for that and thank him according to the scriptures, not your wicked mind, not what you want, if you can't do that, you're wrong and you're in sin. We are to obey the civil law. And to, and to, and to break it down in closing, Paul, uh, excuse me, Peter breaks it down right here with this. In verse 17, he says, honor, the pe honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Love the brotherhood, the word usage here means to embrace or to prefer good choices. That's how we love the brotherhood, is to do what's right. But he says the first thing, honor all people. He says value all people. That's what he said. That word means value all people, all life, all souls. Value them, even those you don't agree with, by the way, Tyler Powell, because he values their soul so much. That he let his son be slaughtered for them. We're to love the church, the brotherhood. We're to love them. We're to do what's right because it's a good witness to those who are younger in the faith, those who are older in the faith, those who are the same place in the faith. It's just the right thing to do. But he also says it's fear God. And the word used for fear there is a Greek word phobio. Even before we get our word phobia from, my wife has a great fear. Of spiders. She has a phobia about spiders. And we live in a 120-year-old house, so she's not a stranger to spiders. She she can't stand them. I want to have a fear of displeasing God, a phobia of displeasing God, like she has of a spider. I want it to weigh on my mind. Am I about to please God? At the same time, walk in liberty and freedom. It's, it, but I want to never, ever, ever want to be at a place where I can displease God and be comfortable. I like to leave, I like in every message, I like to have something from the New Living Translation. I just love to read such a great reading Bible. Proverbs 9, 10 in the New Living says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of, of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. 
And then finally he breaks it down. He says, honor the king. Reverence or appropriate respect. I won't ever forget. One of, my, one of my best and dearest friends was an old man over in southwest Mississippi named Sample Whitehead. I love Sample Whitehead. He was a grandfather of some friends of mine. We used to hunt on his property. And I loved Mr. Sample. And it was always such a treat to go to his house. I loved that more than I did the actual hunting trip. But I was during the time of Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton's shenanigans, we were over there and we were hunting and we were at Mr. Sample's house eating sweet potatoes and peanut butter, uh, uh, not peanut butter and jelly, but uh, pimento and cheese. And I said something about Bill Clinton in a very negative light. Mr. Sample always called me Big Boy. He said, Big Boy, he said, Bill Clinton's the president. So we don't talk about the president. And I could tell he was he was serious. He didn't make statements like that. He said, I don't agree with all this either. I don't agree with what they've done. I don't understand it. That's what he said. I don't understand it. He said, but he's the president. So let's don't talk about him in a negative or in a, in a like that. Because what it was his exact his exact words were let's don't talk about him like that. It changed my life. That old man said a lot of things that changed my life. Civil authority is put in place by God. We have no choice as Christians but to obey it. Well, I'm a good Baptist. I've been saying in closing for the last 20 minutes. When do we disobey civil authority? Very simply, it's another sermon. Very simply, when we can disobey civil authority is when it violates the law of God. Some examples you can write down if you take notes, you can or, or replay this or whatever, is Acts 4 and 5. Peter and John define the authority concerning preaching Jesus. And Exodus 1 is an awesome one. Uh, it's relevant till, to today also. Uh, Exodus 1, 15 through 17, the midwives were instructed to kill the Hebrew babies, boys. They would not do it. Now, you know, the, the modern day, some of the modern day politicians, they fantasize, I think, about killing babies. I, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. But you won't ever find this, this man of God signing off on that. I won't go burn down abortion clinics and murder abortion doctors. I don't have that authority. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. But I can tell you this, I'm not going along with it. And I'm going to talk about it on Facebook and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to preach against it and I'm going to preach how wicked it is and how wicked they are. If you've had an abortion, you can be forgiven and there's, there's grace. But it is, you know, I don't like that law, that woman's right to choose. I, I don't like that. I go against it with everything in me. But also in Daniel 3, not bound down to their idol. I'm not bound down to the government's idol of abortion. One day it may cost me. I don't know. Daniel 6, he wouldn't obey their prayer laws. I'm not including Buddha or whoever. Allah, I'm not including him in our worship services. When it comes to those kind of things, we disobey civil authority. We disobey civil law when it comes to that. But where we're at right now, 
they're not asking us to do anything but be prudent. This is a it's a it's a virus. I don't know a lot about. I don't I don't want to debate with you about whether it's a hoax. I don't know, but I know what the civil authority is asking us to do. It's not unreasonable. It's not ungodly. They're asking us to be prudent. And at Hurricane Baptist Church, that's what we're going to do. At the Powell House, that's what we're going to do. This week, as you go about, I'll be updating the website and such as that with some more information how we're going to take it day by day. That's all we got is day by day. And we'll see where we're at next week. I hope we'll be back in church. I, I don't know at this point, but I'll let you know. And we will have a message. We will have we will have a word from God week to week. So I ask you during this time to pray for me, to pray for my family. Yeah. Pray for each other. Oh my goodness, pray for each other. People are hurting. Not just with corona. Man, people are hurting. I was thinking about a family this morning that recently lost a child. People are hurting everywhere. Pray, pray, pray. Pray like it all depends on God. Or believe like it all depends on God. But pray like it all depends on you. Pray. Pray for our country. Pray for our community. And my goodness, pray for our church and all churches. Thank you so much. I love every one of you. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you again for all you've done. I thank you for your love and grace, for your mercy. I thank you that I have a transformed heart and a transformed life. Lord, let me be salt and light to a lost and dying world during this time. Let me say no to Tyler and yes to you in any and all situations. For your glory, God, in Jesus' precious name, amen.